0: You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. Today's Good Shepherd Sunday. In the second reading, Apostle John opens his eyes to a vision of the multitudes of heaven. It's countless number of people from every nation and race and people and tongue. As we remember last week from the Gospel, when, when Peter pulls the 153 fish out of the water by himself, sort of symbolic of the whole world being caught by the Gospel, John's heavenly vision today is sort of a fulfillment of that, in a prophetic fulfillment of, of the gospel going out to all the world and all the people throughout the world in heaven worshiping the Lord. It's a prophetic fulfillment because it hasn't happened yet. It's still sort of up to the church as missionaries. And the elders tell John that these are the ones who have survived the great test, and they have washed their robes and made them white with the blood of the Lamb, which is a kind of weird and paradoxical image, and one that has sort of intense biblical depth, that might be hard to understand at first. Because we're, we're, well, we're presented here with Christ as the Lamb of God, the Agnus Dei, and we're familiar with the image because we, because we sort of proclaim it every day at Mass, and every Sunday, as we say, you know, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, and the priest raises the body and blood of Christ and says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world... But how do we hold that image of Christ as the Lamb of God with the image that we have today in the gospel, which is Christ the Good Shepherd? And it's kind of they're similar, but how is the shepherd also the Lamb? Well, how does that make any sense? Because uh, Jesus presents himself today as the Good Shepherd and says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Now, Jesus says the Good Shepherd is the oldest image that we have in the church, the most, most ancient actual image. In the first century catacombs where the Christians worshipped secretly while Christianity was still illegal and they were being persecuted, in the, in the most ancient catacombs we have sort of the image of Christ with the lamb on his shoulders etched into the walls. So it's a sort of beautiful ancient tradition, one of the oldest feasts in the church. Why was that such a powerful image for the early Christians as opposed to so today the cross for us? Well, in, in ancient Palestine, shepherding was a very common occupation. Even in modern Palestine, there's still shepherds sort of working that job in the exact same way as ancient shepherds did. You know, one small flock with a single shepherd. And since it's a poor region, generally they don't sell, sell the sheep for, for meat because people can't afford meat anyway, so they, they use them for wool. And so you get this the same sheep with the same shepherd for years. And the, and the shepherd comes to know each, each individual sheep, you know, their, their habits and their demeanor and their sort of personality. And the, and the sheep know the shepherd. They know his voice. They know the pattern of his steps. They know when he eats and when he sleeps. It's a sort of interesting relationship. And so when another voice calls out that they don't recognize, they sort of freeze in terror. And then if that voice calls out again, they scatter until, until they can hear the voice of their shepherd who calls them back to safety. It's The only voice they know that, that calls them to safety. I wanted to test this. This last week, we took the seventh graders from Butte Central to this sort of primitive skills camp over by Whitehall, and there was a little flock of sheep there. And I'd been sort of praying on the scripture for, for the homily, So I was like, I'm going to test the theory. So I kind of snuck up on this little flock of sheep. And then I called out, like, hey, sheep. And they just, they just bolted as far as they could away from me. I was like, ah, oh, well, I guess it works. And so I kind of snuck around the other side. And I was like, hey, sheep. And they scattered the other direction. And then so I was like, I'm going to tempt them, you know. So I'm just some random guy. I pick up the greenest grass I could find and hold it out. And after about 15 minutes of just standing there frozen. You know, two of them took like one step forward. I think that was just to get a better look at me, the threat. I think if I stood there for like a year, they might've come up and eat that, eat that grass. But I wasn't willing to be that patient because sheep, sheep are extremely vulnerable animals. They have almost zero self-defense mechanism. They're very aware of their vulnerability. So they're, so they're very cautious. And that's why to gain their trust is difficult. So the image of the shepherd goes back even further than than the gospel. It goes back to the Old Testament. God God talks about himself as the shepherd of Israel all the way back in Genesis. And the kings of Israel were always seen as the shepherds of the Lord's flock, so caring for the Lord's flock. David himself was literally a shepherd who almost missed his own anointing as king because he was taking care of his father's flocks. And we all know and are very familiar with Psalm 23, which is sort of the great culmination of that sort of shepherd theology, uh, when the Lord depicts himself not just as the shepherd of Israel as a whole, but as my shepherd. So the psalmist says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. I think it's hard for us to understand these words and, and actually believe them sometimes. And I was at MCDC this week, sort of digging into the scriptures with the women there, and, and one of them asked me, She said, Father, how, how am I supposed to know that it's God's voice when I hear it? You know, there's a lot of voices in the world, they're all yelling at me. How am I supposed to know which one is God? And that's a profound question because we're not. We're not like the sheep in Palestine who are born into this flock and hear the shepherd's voice over and over again for our whole lives and are very intimately familiar with it. You no, know, we're born into a world that's just buzzing with different voices telling us different things about what it means to be a human being. And so when I was thinking about that question, I was kind of thinking of some complicated theological answers, you know, discernment of spirits or talk about comparing those voices against the truths of the faith. But I think it's simpler than that. When it comes down to it. So God created us. And he actually created us by his word. And so in a sense, the, the voice that speaks to our heart is his voice. It's the voice we were created to hear. And there's something beautiful about that. It's the only voice that will satisfy our heart. And so when we listen to any other voice, we know that it's a lie. We know that it's a thief coming to steal us from the Lord's flock. And we're and, and if we listen, we're being tricked. And and it is possible to become that familiar with the Lord's voice. And I have a spiritual director who he just he just hears the Lord's voice. He's a man who's been praying for his whole life, and he knows the Lord's voice when he hears it. We were sitting in the in the, at the seminary eating breakfast one day, and and he was uh, sitting with a buddy, and he's just seemed kind of stressed out, and he just wasn't in a good mood, and. We didn't really ask him why, just breakfast isn't the time to ask questions like that. And so, Monsignor Leone comes in, and he's got a funny voice, and he kind of scanned the room. He's like, David, he comes over. He's like, David, the Lord told me when I was praying this morning to give you all the money in my pocket. And he just hands him a little you know, fold of bills, and, and the kid's just sitting there shocked, literally has nothing to say. He's like, well, see you later, and just kind of walks away. And he kind of opens it up and counts it out, and he's just like, oh my gosh. And he, he had had a, a car payment that day that was due, and he was overdue on previous payments, and if he didn't make that car payment, his car was going to get repossessed. And the money that Monsignor Leone gave him was the exact amount that he needed to make the payment. And that's, so that's just a man who knows the Lord's voice when he hears it. And in a very literal way, like it just changed someone's life on the spot. But we, I mean, I could tell a million stories about Monsignor Leone like that, but I can't tell them about my own life because I, like so many of us, don't listen to the Lord's voice. I'm not not as familiar with it as I ought to be. Uh, There's so many voices speaking to us. We listen to the voice of the world that tells us to just pursue money and honor and riches. Or we listen to our own voice that tells us to take care of ourselves at the cost of everyone else in our life. Or we listen to the evil one who tells us lies about who God is, lies about whether he loves us. And this sort of brings us back to our second reading. Where Jesus saw the straying flock, saw that we were listening to other voices and that we were straying from his voice. And, and, that, and he saw that the leaders that he had put over to care for his flock were neglecting them and abusing them. And so he himself came among us. He took on our full human nature so that he could, in a sense, prove that he was trustworthy. And that's where we get the image of the lamb. Jesus became the lamb that he could ransom his flock from the wolves that were terrorizing them. You know, the wolf is viciously coming in to eat the flock, and Jesus, in a sense, sacrifices his life that we can escape. And that we can be won back to the Father by the witness of his love. That's an amazing image. That we're never too far from the Father's hand. No matter how far we wander from the flock, he will always pursue us to the ends of the earth. And that image sort of reminds me of another image that St. Thomas Aquinas gives when he talks about the narrow road. You know, the narrow road that leads to salvation. He gives this image of a, of a man who's, who sees this sort of narrow, rocky path that leads up this mountain to this sort of mountaintop oasis. Uh, And he sees it, and he knows that it's difficult, but he wants to be at that mountaintop oasis. So he begins the journey, and it's treacherous, and it's difficult, and it's strenuous, and he stops from time to time, and he even finds himself crawling on his hands and knees, finds himself sitting there thinking about giving up. Uh, But he's a joyful traveler because he knows that this path will lead to that mountain top oasis. Whereas we get another traveler who sort of sits and looks at that path and sees how difficult it is and he just doesn't want to journey, doesn't want to have that journey because right next to it is another path that's broad and easy to travel and pleasurable and there's fruit trees along the way. And although that path doesn't seem like it's gonna lead to the mountain top oasis, it's a pleasant journey. So he takes that one instead. You know the one who's traveling up that treacherous path will get there. He will get to his destination. Doesn't matter how long it takes, but he's going to arrive. The one who's traveling along that other, the broad, pleasant path, not only will he never reach his destination, but the faster he travels, the further he is from where he's going. And that's what it is to follow the lamb. You know to follow the Lord, to hear the Lord's voice is difficult. To cultivate a life where we can actually listen to the Lord and act on his word is a difficult life. But it's the life that leads to joy and happiness. Whereas the life of listening to the other voices in the world is just never going to bring us joy. No matter how pleasant it seems at time. it's never going to lead to the place that satisfies our heart, which is eternal life uh, with the Lamb of God. So let us be those who follow The Lamb. We follow Jesus Christ, who will never lead us astray. He calls us by name. He knows our hearts, for it is His voice that created us. It's His voice that satisfies. If we listen, it cuts through the noise of the world, like nothing else does. And so we know the Lord's voice when we hear it. So don't be afraid of that shepherd's call. He's the one who knows you perfectly and loves you infinitely.